Good morning, Clinton United Methodist Church. Good morning. This is Pastor Michael coming to you live from the mezzanine. Our service today is sponsored by the love of God and the grace, mercy, and peace of Jesus Christ. Um, we have a couple announcements for you, so I am going to turn that over to two very lovely and friendly ladies who are going to tell you about some stuff. Uh, this is Phyllis. I have a plea to make to everybody, and it's that we have a member of our church that is in dire needs. Uh, her furnace went out, and her washing machine broke down, and she has no money because of medical bills. Um, I would like if anyone would feel free to give a donation to me. We have a group that's working to raise the money to buy the furnace and get the washer for her. But we're at this time, we can use all the help we can get. If after church you want to donate, I'll be waiting outside. And I thank you if you can help us take care of this problem because winter is coming on and she has not had her furnace yet. So thank you very much. And my uh, veteran that I help out is in need of a four to six foot artificial Christmas tree and some decorations so he can have some Christmas cheer for his kids when he has them. And also anyone that wants to donate for, you know, Christmas presents for them and the kids, please let me know. Thank you. And if after church today, if there's any able bodies that can help Jim and I, uh, we've got a couple of the uh, uh, benches over at the pavilion that we need to move to the center of the pavilion to get them out of the weather for the winter. So it would probably take us about five minutes to do. If uh, you can meet up with Jim after church, we can uh, go over there and take care of that. Good morning, church family. It's Leslie Owens. I will be your liturgist today. Sorry, you're stuck with me for a second week in a row. However, I do have some quick announcements to share with you all. Uh, as a reminder, the building is, we're, we're technically considering the, the church building closed. Uh, with the, the state's new restrictions, uh, we are limiting uh, the amount of people in the building to as few at a time as possible. Uh, we will be suspending the, offer, uh, the office hours as well. Um, however, there are going to be a few exceptions for the, the individuals that handle all of our finances and um, the, you know, the, the team members that come in and help check phone messages, emails, and things of that nature. As far as our, our service here, since we are in the upper portion of the building, we would like to have everyone come in and go underneath the the little pavilion area, go through the drive-through the, or the driveway. Uh, carport. The carport, the carport. I'm being corrected. The carport, and that's so that that way you can turn in your offering, any sort of bottle caps that you're still collecting. That way, we don't have to have uh, congregation members out in the cold walking around during the middle of service. Our Bible study, we do still have the Advent Bible study going. However, it is now only being held via Zoom. 
That's going to be on Mondays at 8 p.m. And then we also have another one on Wednesdays at 11 a.m. The Samaritan's Purse Operation Christmas Child. Those were the boxes that you all filled with goodies for the, the children. We had about 72 boxes. That is awesome. That's even more than last year, we think. Sheila's sister still has a lot of extra caramel. So if you need caramel for any sort of Christmas baking, feel free to contact Sheila. She will be glad to get, to get rid of some of that. For the Christmas help this year, if you know of any family that's in need, please let the church office know. We're thinking about doing gift cards this year just to make things a little bit safer and, and easier for everybody. The cookie walk that we had during our craft show, we still... so excited we're starting Christmas songs all right well if you could all join me in the opening prayer God of power unexpected we want you to tear open the heavens and come down to make mountains quake water boil and stars to fall until all nations tremble at your presence but you you will not perform according to our wants and whims. Instead, come like the sound of sheer silence. Thin, quiet, instead you are born among us as an infant. Instead, you show us how love is made perfect in weakness. So we will stay alert, or at least we will try, because we are your people and there, there is, is no other God, God besides you. Amen. Amen. And let's continue with our second hymn, Lift Up Your Heads, Ye Mighty Gates, from 2.13 in your hymnal.
Now is the time for our Advent reflection. We will begin using Psalm 80, verses 1 through 7, and then 17 through 19. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who are enthroned upon the cherubim, shine forth before Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh. Stir up your might and come to save us. Restore us, O God, let your face shine that we may be saved. O Lord God of hosts, how long will you be angry, angry with your people's prayers? You have fed them with the bread of tears and given them tears to drink in full measure. You make us the scorn of our neighbors. Our enemies laugh among themselves. Restore us, O God of hosts, let your face shine that we may be saved. But let your hand be upon the one at your right, the one whom you made strong for yourself. Then we will never turn back from you. Give us life and we will call on your name. Restore us, O Lord God of hosts. Let your face shine that we may be saved. Paul D. Brassy makes the argument that the NSRV's angry is an interpretation of a metaphor. The Hebrew asks how long God will fume against the prayers of the people. Certainly to fume frequently means to be furious and to show it outwardly. Perhaps our psalmist envisions the prayers of God's people never quite penetrating through a thick haze of divine indifference to the suffering of God's people. The psalmist calls for God to shine forth and to let your face shine that we may be saved. This divine light, a symbol of transcendent power throughout the religions of the ancient Near East, cuts through the smoke, whether of anger or indifference, restoring God's beneficent interest and unleashing power to save. Take a moment and consider this question. Do you think that God is indifferent to the suffering of the world, to your own suffering? Please join me in an attitude of prayer. If I have done something to anger you, bring me to awareness that I might seek your forgiveness. Amen. If you would please join me now in our prayer of illumination. Gracious God, God heaven, heaven and, and earth, earth will pass away, away but your, your words, words will not, not pass away. away. Your, your word stands forever. forever. May our generation be attentive so that by the power of your Holy Spirit, we remember your ways and gladly do right, meeting you wherever and whenever you appear. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Our first scripture reading this morning comes from Isaiah chapter 64, verses 1 through 9. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, so that the mountains would quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, so that the nations might tremble at your presence. 
When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down. The mountains quaked at your presence. From ages past, no one has heard, nor ear has perceived. No eye has seen any God besides you who works for those who wait for him. You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you in your ways. But you were angry, and we sinned. Because you hid yourself, we transgressed. We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy cloth. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. There is no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into the hand of our iniquity. Yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be exceedingly angry, O Lord, and do not remember iniquity forever. Now consider, we are all your people. The word of God for the people of God, and you say, Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. God has enriched us in every way, in speech, knowledge, and spiritual gifts. From the fellowship of Jesus Christ, we are sent out to share with thanksgiving what we have received. I want to thank everyone for giving their tithes and offerings. If we have anyone who still needs to do that, I think uh, the best way would be after the service to uh, drive under uh, the overhang and uh, place it in the box that I hope will still be there. Um, We want to keep everybody safe and warm. So if you would please join me now in singing our doxology on page 95 of the hymnal. God, we thank you that Christ is being revealed in every time and place until he comes again in the fullness of glory. Strengthen our testimony and spiritual gifts. Increase generosity in us, we pray, as we wait for the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If you would now please join me in a time and an attitude of prayer. Um, We have a couple additional prayer requests I'd like to lift up. Uh, Jim Manley's family, uh, Jim passed away Friday due to COVID. Uh, Patty Valentine's family, she passed away earlier this morning. She is Diane Wilcox's cousin's wife. Um, Prayers for... Andre Dibble, who has serious health problems. I hope I got that right. Um, We also have continued prayers for Marion Saylor, who had hand surgery. 
for Jay Gilwa, who's dealing with kidney stones, for Nancy Martin, who thanks us for our prayers and says she is doing better than expected. She's also very happy that our church is so alive. I can definitely echo that one. Uh, Tracy Young's cancer has returned after 10 years, and she will be having surgery soon to see if they can kind of stop it in its tracks. Um, Braden Veers, Pam and Tom Price's grandson, has been diagnosed with COVID. Um, he also suffers from asthma, which puts him at much greater risk um, and complications. Um, also, uh, two members over at Stony Creek have been diagnosed with COVID, um, so I ask that you keep uh, Dave and Nancy in your prayers as well. Um, but please join me now in an attitude of prayer. Holy God, we come before you lifting up all of the good and the bad as you taught us to bring everything to you in prayer. We are thankful for the blessings in our lives, for those who have been healed and are on the path to recovery from whatever may have been holding them back. We are thankful for the beautiful sunlight this morning that makes the cold air not feel maybe quite as cold. We are thankful for our time together in worship, even when we're not always physically in the same space or as close as we would like to be. We can still come together in your name, offering praise and worship. God, we also are struggling this morning. You have heard the names we have lifted up who are in need of healing, who are in mourning, who are struggling in their lives. This pandemic, this virus continues to decimate the lives of people in ways that many of us maybe never even thought possible. Something that we thought would be gone in a matter of weeks is carried on now for months and seems to be getting worse once again. There is so much hurt that comes in this world, whether from our need of physical healing, whether because emotionally we are in need of healing, or because of things like depression and other anxieties that give us need for mental healing and relief. God, we give you thanks for all of those who are in the healthcare industry and related connected industries who are working so hard to help us heal from these different things in our lives. We are thankful for doctors and nurses, for surgeons and specialists. We are thankful for lab technicians and research scientists, for the people who help in whatever way, no matter how far down the line, to help us to be healthy, to feel better. And it seems like right now, everything is so much harder, so much worse because of this pandemic. 
but we hold our faith in you and in the blessings and gifts that you bestow upon us and those other people in the healthcare industry. And we trust that we will come through this time, whether it be this time of pandemic, a time of fighting cancer, a time of struggling with, with seasonal depression or bipolarism, whatever it might be, God, we know that you are not only there with us before and throughout, but after. We also want to give you thanks for the blessing of all of those who work so hard to keep us safe in our world. We are thankful for all of our men and women who serve in the military and in the armed forces. We are thankful for our police and firefighters, our first responders, and so many others that work so hard to keep us safe in this world. God, we ask that you would touch their hearts, their minds, lead them in what they say and do, but also keep them strong, keep them safe. And for those who are far away from home, God, we pray that they may be able to come home soon and we could begin to see an end to conflict in our world. Our world feels so conflicted right now in so many ways at so many levels, both in our country and in countries around the world. There is unrest in political arenas, in calls for justice and equality. It feels like we are just constantly on edge. We are angry, we are confused, we are hurt. True peace can come only through you. We ask that you would touch our hearts and minds, as well as the hearts and minds of all of the leaders of our nations, our churches, our, our organizations. Help us all to turn back towards you, to see every person as you see us, as beloved children of God, worthy of life and mercy and grace. God, all of these things and everything we keep quietly on our hearts and minds, we turn over to you and ask for your intervention, for your guidance, and that we might be willing to hear and see where you lead us. In your name we pray. Amen. Uh, for our youth moment this morning, obviously we're going to ask you to keep the, the little ones in the car. Um, I just want to take a few moments to, to talk to our youth, though. Um, and remember, you are all children of God, so this applies to all of us. Um, when I was younger, I used to be really afraid of the dark. Because um, I was always afraid there was something that, once the lights were out, was going to come out and get me. And I don't really know where that came from. Although for the adults out there, I am fairly sure I remember seeing the movie Omen when I was about six, so that might have had something to do with it. And if you haven't seen that movie, please don't show it to your children. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I was scared of the dark, um, and I would always, when I'd go into my room, I would turn off the light and run and jump into my bed. Um, and if you're under the covers, you're safe. Um, nothing can get you once you're under the covers. 
Um, and I found even sometimes as an adult, I will still do that. I will still turn off the light and dash through the space that I am in, um, especially sometimes when I've been at a church late at night all by myself, and churches sometimes make weird and scary noises at night in the dark. Um, but the one thing that I think has helped me to not feel so afraid of the dark as I've gotten older is I remember that there is a light that is always there, and that is God. And it's, it's maybe not one we see the way we'd see a normal light, like a light bulb, um, but it's a light that's always there. And it's one that can help guide us and keep us safe and warm. And when I remember that, that helps me not feel so afraid of the dark. So as it is now winter and it is getting dark much faster, if you're like me and you get afraid of the dark sometimes, just remember that the light of God's love will always be with you. All right, and if I could get our, our young ones to help me lead our congregation in the Lord's Prayer, if you would repeat after me. Our Father, our Father who, art in heaven, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy, name. thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, Thy will be done on, earth, on earth as it is, as it is in, heaven. in heaven. Give us this day, give us this day our, daily bread, our daily bread and forgive us, and forgive us our, trespasses, our trespasses as we forgive, as we forgive those, those who trespass, who trespass against, us. against us and lead us not into temptation, into temptation, but deliver us, but deliver us from, evil, from evil, for thine is the kingdom, for thine is the kingdom and, the power, and the power, and the glory forever. And the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Like a faded dry leaf that the wind blows away, our sins dry us up, faded and brittle, we are carried off by the wrongs we have done. Yet God loves us still and is able to restore and renew us with the water of life. If you'd please join together with me in our prayer of confession. Merciful God, we confess that we have become distracted, even weary in our discipleship. We keep busy schedules, we rush about, captivated by technology, seduced by the lure of consumer goods, we do not remain alert to your divine presence in our lives, in the church, in the world. Make us better doorkeepers of our lives, watching for you attentively. Awaken us to your surprising power and glory and peace, so we do not miss how near you are to our very own gates. Be gracious towards us, we pray, until we are gathered from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven into your embrace. We pray in the name of Christ, who was and is and is to come. Amen. Please take a few moments now for silent prayer and confession.
Beloved children of God, the grace of God given to us in Christ Jesus strengthens us to the end so that we may be blameless when Christ comes again. Thanks be to God who is faithful and has called us into the fellowship of the Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Again, beloved children of God, hear the good news. We are forgiven. Amen. Please join me in our affirmation of faith, the Advent Creed. We believe in God the Father, creator of heaven and earth, the one who is full of patience, who is not afraid of silence, who does not need to fill each moment with activity and noise, the one who is beyond bluster and fury, and who does not jostle for attention. We believe in God the Son, Savior of creation, who slipped into Bethlehem one night, mostly unnoticed, who lived 30 years without headlines or hurry, who frequently took time alone with his patient father, who waited for the right time to become the suffering servant, who stood quietly before the noise of his accusers, who silence overpowered their words, who died, then rose again on a quiet Sunday morning. We believe in God, the Holy Spirit, who strengthens, empowers, renews, and refreshes, sometimes arriving with obvious power, sometimes with a quiet breath of a whisper. We believe in one God who patiently waits for us and who longs for us to do the same. Amen. Our second scripture reading comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By him, you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. The word of God for the people of God. And you say, Thanks be to God. Him is another Christmas song. Um, one of my favorites. What child is this? On your in your hymnal, page two nineteen. Angels. 
Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring him long, the babe, the son of Mary. So bring him incense, gold, and blue. Our third scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 13, verses 24 through 37. But in those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds, with great power and glory, Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Be aware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cock crow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. The Gospel of the Lord, and you say, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. If you would join me again in an attitude of prayer. Sustaining an ever-present God. This has been a tough year all around for humanity and creation. There has been controversy, confusion, a global pandemic that continues to rage on, social unrest, protests and calls for justice and equality, and so many have lost their lives. It feels like every day something else is taken away or denied from us. And while we know there are sacrifices that we must make and accept to help others, 
Sometimes it feels like everything of the world and the life we know are being stripped away. Help us, loving God, strengthen our resolve. Guide us through these winding and difficult paths that we might come through this challenging year and thrive once again as your beloved children. And now may the words of my mouth and meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning again to all of you. Good morning. This is the first Sunday of Advent, a season of anticipation for the coming birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For a great deal, many of us, this time of year is typically joyful, full of parties and decorating and other festivities. Advent is the prelude to Christmas, a time when typically, but not always, there is joy and merriment and laughter. People gather with their friends and loved ones. Gifts are exchanged. Delicious meals and treats are consumed. But as we all know much too well, this year is going to be a little different. Because of the threat of this global pandemic, large gatherings are not allowed for the safety of everyone. Even smaller gatherings are not very safe, truth be told. For many people, this is the time of year when family comes together from across great distances to celebrate. But this year, it is not even safe to gather with our next-door neighbors. For many people, this just does not feel like the Advent and coming Christmas season. So, in light of this new reality that we find ourselves in, I felt it would be appropriate to offer a sermon series that I hope will not only acknowledge the challenging times in which we live right now, but one that will also provide some perspective and connection back to scripture, and hopefully also help remind us of some of the truths about our God and our faith. So today we begin our Advent sermon series, Stripped Away, What is Left?, So let's take another look at our reading from the Gospel of Mark to see what kinds of things are being stripped away there. This section of Mark's Gospel focuses on Jesus attempting to prepare his people for the end of times. And what is the first thing that is lost? But in those days after the suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The light will be lost. But that is not all. We are also told, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. I can't speak for everybody, but that's kind of terrifying to hear and to think about. Can you imagine our world with no natural light? Or what about no light at all, save for a few fires or candles, if we consider this in the time period, in the context of which it was written, before electricity was a controlled resource and light bulbs existed. The sun will be darkened. Let's take a moment and really think about what that means, what kind of impact that has on life. No sunlight means less heat. Less heat means climate shifts. Less heat and sunlight also mean it is harder to grow crops. 
Less crops means food shortages. No sunlight can, for many people, worsen and or bring about serious depression. And how do we know this? Well, we only have to look back just over 200 some years ago when the Mount Tambora volcano in what is now Indonesia erupted in April of 1815. Not only did more than 60,000 people die, but the sulfurous gas that was expelled led to the sunlight being blocked in what experts call a year without summer. It led to food shortages and severe hardship throughout Europe and Eastern North America. Or what about in 536 AD when much of the world went dark for a full 18 months? This was caused by what has been called a mysterious fog that rolled over Europe, the Middle East, and parts of Asia, which was most likely volcanic ash. But temperatures dropped, and in some places dropped by over 35 degrees. Crops failed, and many people died. China even recorded snow in the summer of that time frame. There is good reason that for many, many years, people believed that the events that we now know as solar eclipse, they knew them as punishments from God or whatever higher power they believed in. Those people understood that they were being denied one of the basic tenets of life and sustaining life. What is one of the first things that we lost this year because of the pandemic? I would say community, or at least the sense of community and how we have defined it for countless generations. We cannot worship inside our churches because we could infect each other and people could die. We cannot gather in person in large groups to celebrate life milestones and achievements. We cannot go and visit our loved ones who may be in the hospital or nursing homes or hospice care. And while it is true that we do have online communities that continue to gather virtually and drive in worship services and Zoom calls and whatnot, it's still not quite the same. Plus, despite our best efforts, nothing made by humanity is perfect. And those virtual communities can fail or become unavailable for periods of time. Facebook has crashed before. Zoom has struggled and been overwhelmed with the demand for access to its online platform. And even as technology has developed and how we define community has expanded to include many of those virtual spaces, there is still at most of our core beings, a desire, a need to be physically present around other people. And right now that has been stripped away so that more lives are not lost and so that we might find a way to get this pandemic under control or moving in the right trajectory. So is that what this sermon is gonna be, Pastor? just reminding us how bad things are right now and how bad things were back in the time of Scripture. Way to be a Debbie Downer there, Pastor. It's bad enough to have to live through these times. Now you want to spend Sunday mornings reminding us all about them? 
Come on, I come here to feel better, not worse, Pastor. Well, the good news is that this message isn't over just yet, and I promise to bring this all together. You see, when we go back to our scripture reading for today, we only need to go just a little further down to verse 26, and we find the good news in this passage. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds and the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. As Rodney L. Cooper points out, the return of Jesus will not be seen by just a few people, as was true of his entrance into the world, where he was born in a manger. This time, men will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. The reference here is to Daniel 7.13. This is the first time Jesus definitely connected the title Son of Man with the Daniel prophecy. All of humankind will see the Son of Man as the ruler of this universe. His major concern will be to gather his people together so they might share in this time of triumph. The phrase gathered his elect from the four winds from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven has a dual meaning. Not only will he send his angels to gather his people from the ends of the earth, but apparently those in the heavens who have gone on before will also be with him to celebrate his triumph. The people of Israel had been waiting so long for the Messiah to come. And now finally they are hearing that the Savior will come and not just come, but come with justice and triumph and power and glory. This news itself was like light. They had been in darkness so long from the exile to being conquered by various kingdoms and now living under the rule of the Roman Empire. But this, this was light for them. And light brings life and growth and warmth. Light brings hope. And what about us? Where is our light? Where is our hope? What is left for us this Advent season after everything is stripped away? Have we really lost all sense of community? I mean, we have lost what I think most of us would define as community, at least at many levels. And maybe not lost completely, but at the very least, put on hold. So what is left? Well, I would argue that there is still one community that continues to stand and rise above this time of pandemic and rise above every time of struggle or challenge in the history of this world. And that is the community, the family of God. We are the children of God. No one can take that away or change that except God. And because of the life and sacrifice of Jesus Christ, we are forever connected to one another as beloved children of God. And while we may not be able to gather in our sanctuary for worship, and we may be relegated to drive-in or online worship services for the time being, there is nothing, nothing stronger than the connection we share of the grace and love of God in Jesus Christ carried through the work 
of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in our souls and in our hearts. While technology has connected people across great distances on this planet, the connection we share as beloved children of God connects us not just around this globe, but also back across generations and millennia to those saints who have gone on to perfection before us. We are connected all the way back to the disciples and the women at the tomb that morning that Jesus rose. We are connected all the way back to Martha and Mary, to all the unnamed people who confessed Jesus as the Christ when he performed miracles and healed people and their eyes were open to who he truly was. Now, does that connection of being God's children replace fully the lost sense of community that so many of us are experiencing? Well, probably not completely. That connection, though, is enhanced and strengthened through our interactions with others, whether in person or otherwise. And being reminded of that connection may not fully make everything better for those of us who are struggling right now. But it helps. It is a light in the darkness, even if it is a smaller one for some people. But it is a light that cannot be extinguished. It is a light full of truth and love and grace. It is a light that when we trust it, fully can light the path that God would have us follow in our lives. It is a light that no matter how dark it gets, will always shine. I know this season is a hard one, both in the sense of this season of pandemic that seems to have stripped away so much from us, as well as this season of Advent, one of anticipation of something so great and joyful, but that seems so vastly different than almost any time in any of our lives. But we must remember that we are a resurrection people. We believe in life after death. And there will be a death to this pandemic. And life will once again triumph and move along. It may look a little bit different than it did before the pandemic. We may not see everything that we have seen around us before it all started. Or at least not right away. But life will continue. As I said, this season is a season of anticipation. We are anticipating and hoping for a change in the trajectory of this pandemic, hopeful toward its end. And we continue to anticipate the coming of our Savior Jesus to be born into the world, to not judge the world, but to save it in order that he might fulfill the prophecy, that he might pull us back together again as children of God. Jesus is that light. Jesus is that community and that connection. And Jesus is our Savior, part of the everlasting triune God, holding all power, love, mercy, and grace. Our God is an awesome God and continues to keep us connected together, even in the darkest and hardest times and moments of our lives. That connection cannot be broken. It cannot be severed. And I say that because it was 
one that was made in love, in the most perfect and purest love. Amen. If you would join us in our closing hymn, number 224, Good Christian Friends Rejoice. Beloved children of God, be aware, keep alert, keep awake. God is doing awesome things that we do not expect. And Christ is coming near with great power and glory and with tenderness. May God strengthen us to the end. Christ draw near to our very gates and the Holy Spirit awaken our spirits until with eager longing we greet the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Go now in peace and serve the Lord. Amen. 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 if there's anybody that can help us move a couple of the seats over in the pavilion. Uh, Jim will meet us in the parking lot and take us just a couple minutes to move those.